Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast in Pac-12 territory. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who has some hot takes brewing. Sure do. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who won't duck any questions. Absolutely not. That's me, Trey Newman. All right. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros, Instagram at CFB Bros as well, and subscribe on YouTube for video versions of every show. This episode, of course, we're discussing the Pac-12, which comes back later this week. Uh, but first, we have an urgent message from our sponsor. That's right. We got one from my bookie. Uh, you know, you got late fall college football, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. 2020 has just been a bizarre year, and that's why you could go to a sports book that has offers unlike any other. You can get some skin in the game at my bookie, where there's odds boosts, lightning deals that we've all taken advantage of. Uh, it seems like almost every other weekend, it's been a lot of fun to follow. Uh, with with Thanksgiving uh, right around the corner, there's going to be a lot of time to feast on the NFL action that's coming up. So if you're a first timer and you want to get some action in the game, you can use our promo code CF bros. And in the next week, you can still double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars, but very soon after they're only going to match 50%. So basically if you deposited 200, they'll give you a hundred dollars more to play with. Again, that's if you use the the promo code CF bros, there's also, if you're not into sports, there's also a full fledged casino platform that you, you can use to play some classic table games, some slots, card games, etc. cetera. Uh, if, if the sports isn't your exact forte, you can dabble in that as well. But again, it's winning season at my bookie. And if you just use that promo code CF bros this week, they'll double your first deposit up to a thousand. And then after that, it'll be a 50% match. Okay. All right. Good time to, to sign up if you've been waiting on it. I didn't check the uh, website. Is there any lightning deals today? I didn't see anything today, but Not yet there will be. This seems there, to will, always there always be. is. There always is. We're recording this on Saturday. So that's why we bring that up. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get into the pack 12. We'll start with our first segment, Trey, which is fact or fiction. That's right. And the first fact or fiction that we have is fact or fiction. Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau is the best player in the conference. It's a defensive player defensive. in the conference. Okay. It's like, well, you just well, throw a curveball in ooh, there. Boy. Thibodeau is the best defensive player in the conference. I mean, he could be, but... Uh, I'm going to say fact. He was, of course, the the number two recruit coming out of high school last year. And as a true freshman, completely lived up to the hype, had nine sacks, got better as the season went on, which I think is is the key here. After week six, PFF had their highest graded pass rusher. So I think he's going to continue that growth. Year two, he's got a chance to not just be the best d- defensive player of the Pac-12, but the entire country. Yeah, it was a close battle for me here between him and uh, Hamilcar Rashid for mm-hmm. uh, for Oregon State. But I do think Thibodeau just has the higher upside. I mean, Rashid is a great player. He's he was he's been awesome at Oregon State. He had what 14 and a half sacks last year, super active. But Thibodeau is just a different beast. I mean, he he brings the the ground 
defense as long as the pass rushing ability he just does it all where Rashid does too but he's a little on the smaller side I just think that Thibodeau has like that high ceiling that you know he could be like elite he could be kind of like almost chase young you know kind of like that type of Mm -hmm. impact so I gotta go Thibodeau I think he's just a different a different athlete I I do love him I love how athletic he is um Duck fans, they kind of want him to turn into Jadavion Clowney. They actually used him on on punt blocks last year. He's 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 versatile. But you kind of mentioned my favorite guy is Hamika Rashid from Oregon State, the linebacker. I he had 14 sacks last year. He forced fumbles. He was making tackles left and right. First team All American by some outlets, and that's he's doing that on a pretty kind of poor Oregon State team. Doesn't have a ton of talent around him. So I just wanted to give him some love. He's really fun to watch. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, next one. Fact or fiction, a one-loss Pac-12 champ would make the college football playoff. That's fiction. Uh, with only seven games uh, and, you know, no, obviously no uh, strength of non-conference, anything to boost their things. The Pac-12 just doesn't have enough of, uh, I don't think they're going to have enough conference s- strength really to warrant that. I mean, obviously the Big 12 will be, it would be a battle. Like if there's a one loss Pac-12, that's usually the, the debate now. It's like, is there a one loss okay. Big 12 team versus a one loss Pac-12 team? Um, and I would give it to the definitely at the Big 12 if there was a one loss Big 12 team. Well, it didn't really matter which team. If it's Iowa State, they go they run all the way. Or if it's Oklahoma State, K-State, whoever it might be. So, yeah, I don't think a one loss Pac-12, even if it's Oregon or USC, I don't think they're going to have enough. Okay, so you're counting on a Big 10 champ. ACC champ and SEC champ, obviously being in, yes. and then yeah, that fourth spot, well, Clemson, and well, yeah, like uh, Notre Dame I'll, or you know, Notre Dame. Let's, let's yeah. never know. Yeah, Notre Dame. Um, I I'm not seeing it either. I got to go fiction. The main reason is because the top two contenders that you mentioned, Ryan, Oregon and SC, they were given fairly favorable schedules uh, oh, yeah. this year, yeah. where their their one crossover game are is very easy. Um, mm-hmm. so they 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 don't have as much room for air. And I guess if you had to make a case for one, I would say Oregon because they're starting pretty high and they would, if they, if a team like Washington, who they have to play, if a team like Washington finishes the season very well, but that's like their only loss at some kind of fluke close loss, or they had COVID issues or something and they kind of throw out the game. Um, that's the only kind of way I could see it. But as of now, I don't, don't see it. Yeah. If it depends were an option here, then that would be the the answer because obviously there's a scenario in which a one loss Pac-12 champ gets in it would you know take some chaos but uh, yeah. yeah if I have to choose I agree with you guys fiction because you got those three conference champs I mentioned and then whether a it's yeah SEC team that's exactly it could be you know Georgia could be a second SEC team maybe Notre Dame and Clemson split the games and they both get in um, you know one maybe Big Ten team maybe they yeah maybe like, Wisconsin runs the table and loses to Ohio State something maybe I, Penn State wins who knows whatever it is yeah let's keep throwing out more let's just <laughs> yeah throw it all ahead, you know yeah I think it would be a, yeah less than 50% chance for sure for a, a one loss Pac-12 champ uh what okay if, what if there was undefeated Cincinnati who's just continues to roll versus a one loss Pac-12 team it's a good question that could get interesting uh, yeah because the one lot because the Pac-12 Seven the, games. Like you say, the schedule, the schedule of Oregon and USC is pretty mm. easy. Yeah, that would be close. It would. depends on how. It depends on how it happens. Like if USC just rolls through most teams and loses one game close, I think they might still be ahead of Cincy. But I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough one. Uh, yeah, it's true. All right. 
All right, let's move on to mine here. Uh, fact or fiction, uh, new Arizona State offensive coordinator Zach Hill will improve Arizona State's offense more than Joe Moorhead will improve Oregon's. By the way, we're recording this before Cincinnati plays Memphis, so we don't, we're <laughs> yeah. releasing it after, so it might be moot, but we'll see. Good point. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say fiction. Uh, we're going to kind of get to it later when we touch on Arizona State, especially, especially their offense. A lot of people, I'm just not a huge believer in the ASU offense. You know, A lot of people are expecting a big jump from Jaden Daniels, and he's shown flashes, but he was very conservative last year. He loses a lot of weapons around him, and on the other side, for me, Oregon fans and I now believe that Marcus Arroyo really held back Justin Herbert in that offense. Like, look how good Herbert is in his rookie year at the Chargers. It's pretty amazing. And you looked at Oregon last year, and they they just it, kind of their offense. It looked like it was kind of hard for them to to thrive at, at certain times. I mean, obviously they still won the Rose Bowl, but um, I think Moorhead's better suited as an OC, and I think he'll get the most out of the Ducks. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean. I guess I'm a little bit confused by the question. Like Oregon's offense is probably unlikely to improve, but that's they're they probably get worse. But that's not Joe Moorhead's fault. He's you know inheriting a team that lost their entire O line and and lost Justin Herbert. Um, so so I guess Zach Hill will have a better chance of improving uh, Arizona State's offense. But if you're asking me who the better hire is, yeah, maybe I'm going I'll just ask it that way. If it's confusing you, it's, that's fair. Take it take it that way. Okay, in that case, I'm going Moorhead because. Did an unbelievable job at Penn State. I know Mississippi State didn't go well, but uh, now he's solely focused as an offensive coordinator, very respected as an innovator. And like you said, the difference between Marcus Arroyo and and him, I think, is huge. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I'm going to go with fact, though. I, I like Zach Hill. And if you if you're an offensive coordinator at Boise, I automatically just bump you up a couple spots. <laughs> uh, you know, they just they just seem to churn him out there, Drinkwitz, whatever. They all they've had some good runs there, um, but. I, Zach Hill, like he was there for three years. A couple of those years, they had to play backup quarterbacks. They were shuffling guys in and out, yet they still fielded a top twenty-five offense, and they were still really good running the ball. So, I think he's got the the uh, you know the I guess I would say the experience of dealing with that. But I think he's going to adapt their offense a little bit better to Jaden Daniels now. So, and ASU, I know they lost some key pieces, but they they could have still almost said the same thing the year before. Um, you know, when they lost Manny Wilkins, yeah. and it's like, oh, they're not going to. But last year, you know, Jaden Daniels proved to be pretty darn good. Only threw two picks, so I think Zach Hill is going to have some pieces to work with. They bring in a couple of transfers on the line, so I, I, I think I'm going to say Zach Hill will be a make a bigger impact. Okay, let's move on to our uh, Pac-12 North tiered rankings and over under picks. So each team in the Pac-12 is scheduled to play six regular season games, so five of those against their division rivals, and then one uh, one crossover game. And then there'll be a seventh game at the end of the season. You know, the, the number one team from the North will play the number one team from the South on down the line. So these win totals include all seven of those games with, uh, with tier one in the Pac-12 North, Ryan. Yeah, our first team, of course, we got the Oregon Ducks. Uh, their win total is set at six, uh, with the under being the heavy favorite at minus 180. So, Trey, what do you think... Uh, on that yeah the ducks they're the obviously clear top dog in the north and it's really been impressive to see how much the recruiting has improved under cristobal i wasn't necessarily anticipating that with with him but uh and then traditionally with oregon it's the offense that that leads the team but there's slowly been a transition towards the defense and the defense should carry them this year we, we touched on thibodeau um 
he'll he'll create a bunch of havoc and get in opponents' backfields this year. They have one of the best lineback freshman linebackers coming in, Justin Flo. He'll contribute. Yeah. Uh, and then with another five star linebacker coming yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, Pro Football Focus listed the top ten kind of returning players in the Pac-12, and I think it was three or four of them were on the Oregon defense. So they are they're head and shoulders above and uh, in the Pac-12 and, and should be a very good unit. But obviously, we have we uh, as we've alluded to the the question is that offense. Uh, Tyler Shuck is most likely going to be the the starter. Anthony Brown, the BC transfer, is kind of right there if needed. I'm a little skeptical if Shuck can outperform Herbert, though, and the the bigger challenge will be replacing all the talent on that offensive line. Shuck might be good, but there is a lot of missing pieces up front, including Penny Sewell, who is like arguably the best offensive lineman in football. So they, uh, if the offensive line can gel, there is. There is talent because they got at the skill positions, running back stables good, guys like CJ Verdell, wide receivers probably rivals USC with Johnny Johnson, Micah Pittman to name a few. So if they can get that unit to July, there's there's hope on that that offense. But uh, as far as the over under, the six implies basically to to beat to go over, they'd have to go unbeaten. So I'm going to take the under just because of some concerns around that offense. Um so I'm going to take the under. Yeah, um, they're they're definitely a deserving favorite. I agree in in the north, but man, the the opt outs hit somewhat hard. I mean, it could have been worse. But you brought up Penny Sewell on offense, but in that secondary, Thomas Graham, Javon Holland, and Brady Breeze, three starters in the secondary gone, and so that really hurts because it would have been like maybe the best secondary in the country. I think they would have had a great argument for that. The depth is insane, which. Because they're still going to be pretty good. Like they still have yeah. a lot of good players at that secondary, which is crazy. So um, could have been great. I think we'll just be very good as it is now with uh, with those three losses. They still got Diamador Lenore, of course, at corner, and Mikhail Wright, two really good, uh, one of the best corner duos in in the conference. A um, couple safeties that have played a ton, so they'll they'll still be good. Front six, you know, you've in addition to Kayvon Thibodeau, you've got the nose tackle Jordan Scott, mm-hmm. the young linebackers you brought up. Yeah, the question mark is is of course the offense losing five starters on the O line. I guess I'm just uh, I, I trust Joe Moorhead. I trust Mario Cristobal's recruiting and development on that O line to keep that group uh, pretty good. But like you, undefeated is a little bit too tall of a task with those losses. So I'll I'll go under. Yeah, I gotta agree with you guys. Too much, too much that I just don't know about to say that this team's going to go undefeated. Um, you know, maybe if they were turning bunch of production on an offense i'd say okay yeah they can do it but no it's too hard to go undefeated i know it's only seven games but still too hard to go undefeated when and, and those- it's an easy schedule they could do it but yeah that's true it is an easy schedule and i think they get uw in in uh in oregon so mm-hmm. um but i will say like the real another reason why i'm going under on them is last year they kind of yeah they kind of underperformed a little bit especially offensively uh, but they one thing they did do they were so good at turnovers like they were one of the best teams in the nation. They were a plus 16 in the turnover battle. That's going to be hard to duplicate again this year. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, especially without Justin Herbert coming back, you're going to have an ex- inexperienced QB. So that could take a little bit of a nosedive and also hurt them as far as their chances to go undefeated. All right. Let's move on to tier two. Or no, no. Yep. Oh, we're still on tier now. One, we're huh? still in the top tier and we've got the Washington Huskies. Their over under is set at four and a half with. The over and under being at minus 115. So, Michael, where are you leaning with the Huskies? 
Well, I'm going to lean over. I know you got Chris Peterson is gone. So the defensive coordinator, uh, Jimmy Lake, takes over, which I think is a good hire. He would have been highly sought after by other schools. Um, the defense should be right there with with Oregon. As always, the secondary is loaded with talent, seems to always be. They were young last year, so they should be much improved this year. Elijah Molden. They finished last year real well. They did, yeah. Elijah Molden leads leads them at corner. Um, the front six took some hits. Levi on Wuzurike on the D-line is opted out, which is which is rough. And their their best edge rusher, Joe Treon, opted out as well. Um, so it's going to be a younger group than, than they'd hoped, but they recruit well. Uh, Jimmy Lake and Pete Kwiatkowski do a great job at the defense, so they'll be very good. Offense is the question mark, kind of similar to Oregon. Um, bringing in a new offensive coordinator, John Donovan. In this case, I think seems like an underwhelming hire. Most likely quarterback looks to be either the sophomore Jacob Sermon or the grad transfer dual threat uh, quarterback from Sacramento State, Kevin Thompson. I feel okay about the position relative to last year because it's not like Jacob Eason was that yeah. well. And Sermon was highly recruited. So, you know, there's a couple other guys too in that race, but those those seem like the two likely guys. There are some losses at receiver and on the O-line, but not a ton. I still think both groups should be solid. So I'm I'm going over, like I said, uh, because they're going to be the much more talented team in every game with probably the exception of Oregon. So, um, yeah, I just, I like the talent. I'm also going to go over here. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on the dogs this year. Um, mainly one of the main reasons is because of, I mean, I like the production they have coming back, but they were better than they showed last year. Their record, they were eight and five. They were 0 and four in one score games. I mean, yeah. that's, they were, they were more of like a 10 win type of team last year that just got an unlucky couple bounces there so um i think people may be underrating them a little bit because of this the eight and five record when they sh- could have easily won a few more um and like you said i i don't expect the qb position to take much of a drop if at all i did not like the way easton he was i mean he wasn't bad that but kind of reminded me of the um uh, uh, shea patterson type of impact i think they had like the same amount of touchdowns to picks their previous year and i don't know just you know milton came in did a pretty darn good job but Anyways, um, also on the office, they do lose Salvon Ahmed. They had a pretty darn good running back there, which is a bit of a concern. But the Huskies churn out their, their running backs pretty darn well there. And mm-hmm. Richard Newton, she should take over that role. And he actually has proven to be pretty darn good, too. So the line does concern you, Mike. I agree. The right side of the line concerns me. The left side, I'm, I feel good about Jackson Kirkland and Luke Wattenberg are back. That's They're, they're going to be good over there. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Receiver, though, Puka Nakua. I think he's going to take a huge jump this year. I think that's going to be a, a, an important uh, piece for them. So he missed a lot of time last year, but I think this year as a sophomore, he's going to be good. But they still have Terrell Bynum and Ty Jones also on the outside. So I think the mm-hmm. offense will be, if not the same, even a little bit better. So, And the defense, I like the defense too. It's I know they have some key pieces that you mentioned that are opting out, but they have some really good talent on that side of the ball. Savelle Smalls, he's kind of a, a freshman that's coming in as highly recruited guy he could be a big time at player at linebacker so it could make a major impact there's there's plenty to work with so i think it's right neck and neck with oregon and u-dub this year john ross isn't walking through that door though right that's <laughs> you know I'd, I'd, i i would have made him my lock if <laughs> uh but uh i like how you guys touched on how they finished last year i mean they throttled a yeah. pretty good boise team in the las vegas bowl uh so they they were they they sprung into the offseason on a, on a high note and the one thing that is kind of maybe working against them with their schedule is that for the North, they kind of drew a, a tough schedule given that they have to play. They bookend their season 
at Cal and then at Oregon. But me personally, I think even no matter how those games go, I think they're going to overcome it. They have the 19th ranked talent talent composite in the country. Uh, I think Jimmy Lake's defense should be good. Um, they're just like you guys kind of said, they're not on a ton of people's radar. And I think it's a good time to to take them. So I'm I'm going over. Yeah. And they draw Arizona from the south. That's a nice crossover. Yeah, game. Arizona yeah, and very good. All right. Uh, let's now we're getting to tier two here, and we've got the Cal Bears. They're on the tier all by themselves. Uh, their over under is four and a half, just like Washington, and the over is a very slight favorite at minus one twenty. So, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot to like about Cal this year. I mean, especially when you just immediately go to okay, what do you got coming back? They got pretty much everybody coming back. They got like 18 guys, maybe 17 guys. I forgot to count the one transfer, but ton of guys coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Garbers, of course, is coming back. If he can stay healthy, that is kind of the main thing. He is. He's their difference maker. I mean, he's not like some elite elite player, but they just they are far better when he is there. They obviously their backups were were not that good. The whole offensive line comes back. Christopher Brown comes back at their running back position. He rushed for over 900 yards, so I'd like him to go over 1,000 this year. Nico Remigio, leading receivers back. They really only lose like one pass catcher. That's Jordan Duncan. But, you know, I I feel like that's kind of one of the main position group that has been probably holding Cal's offense back a little bit, wide receiver. They just haven't been very explosive there. Um, so if they can come up with a, maybe a little bit more improvement coming in this year uh, and having Garbers, of course, uh, be the guy for the whole year would make a big mm-hmm. impact hey, seven and oh in games garbage started, I, right? exactly i know he's, <laughs> he's pretty good overall this offense i it should no doubt i think be better than last year but they weren't very good last year <laughs> they were like 117th in total offense but still i don't i'd be very very surprised if they are a triple digit offense this year i think they'll be signif- significantly better with so long as garbage stays healthy and then the defense i mean you know wilcox seems to always have a good defense but you know, they lose some really, really good players is kind of the worry. I mean, they have a decent amount of production coming back, like seven seven starters, but it's who they lose that really is the worry. Yeah. Like, you know, Evan Weaver, he had a thousand tackles last year. He was incredible. <laughs> like 182, but that isn't that crazy? I mean, he's just he yeah. was a tackling machine. That's a that's a huge replacement. Um two really, really good defensive backs, Jalen Hawkins, Ash and Davis, they're gone. And their past defense was probably actually their may have been their weak point they kind of gave up a little bit through the air but um and then luke beckett he he uh he they're good defensive lineman he transferred to bc so i even though they have those losses i do like wilcox's defense in general they still have a good amount of starters coming back like cameron good linebacker he's nine and a half sacks he's a good player uh kwani dang he's a tackling yeah. machine himself in the line dang is he's gonna He's going to have 180 tackles this year. I yeah, like. I know. Exactly. So it, he'll be the one. But Cameron Bynum's a good corner to work with. So they, they do have good pieces. The defense, I'm not saying they're going to f- tank, but they're just maybe be a, a smudge under what they were last year. So overall, though, I I like the team, but Cal going five and two, that's um that's tough. They haven't had a winning record in their conference. Well, I should ask you to do that. I think it was since 2009. They They've never had a winning record in the Pac-12. It was back well, when uh, it, it was 12, the back yeah. when yeah. Yeah, it was, it was when um it was still Tedford. That's crazy. Right, yeah. Like I think 09. this is the year though. This is the year they're gonna have a winning record, but I, I like I them think. to go four and three, but I don't like them to go four, five and two. Right, right. Yeah, and um it's gonna be a new look on offense. Uh, actually before we get to that, that Michael, you brought up the point of Garber seven and oh last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, games when he, he played, played a whole game, right? Yeah. 
where he played at least a half or something. I uh, yeah, yeah, they were seven zero, but it's misleading because the games that he yeah. didn't play were ASU, Oregon, Utah, and SC. So would have been a little different uh, lifting. But he, but I'm mean, that's not he beat Washington. Garbers that is was, yeah, beat Washington, and then Garber, kind of a lot of close wins against not so great teams for yeah. the most part. Otherwise, yeah. but but Garbers is, is obviously win. better than Monster. Um, he's 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 the guy. I I do like him. Um, the challenge though is the system. Bill Mus- Musgrave is coming in as the new offensive coordinator, and he's converting them more from a, a spread to a pro style. So they said Garbers is going to be under center more. Um, Wilcox said you're going to see more fullbacks and tight ends. That's a pretty big shift to make, especially with the, it's a weird the short shift. It's a weird yeah, shift in, in 2020. In, I know. And in this, this offseason. Um, so that's a little concerning for me. I do like Garbers, but that's a, that's a big change. Um, they do. We, we talked, talked about it earlier. They get Washington at a perfect time. In my opinion, it's in the opener and they get them at home and the Husky Huskies still have to work through some questions of their own. And then, yeah, Ryan, you alluded to how that the defense has been, um, Wilcox's calling card, but they also, you touched on Beckett and Evan Weaver. They had their linebacker, Tevin Paul also opted out. So mm. there's some pieces there that I'm a little concerned, but yeah, you Cameron Bynum, the corner nose guard, Brett Johnson, he he's good. I mean, there's, there, there's still some pieces. They're not left hang to dry, but, um, I want to go over, uh, but I'm just seeing that they're probably gonna be underdogs in their first couple games that shift with the new offense, I'm just, I'm going to lean under. I think they they might they're going to be a team where I think they're going to be better than their record will indicate in the end, but I'm going to lean under. Yeah, they'll probably play a lot of close games. It's kind of similar to what I said with Pitt in the ACC preview. They'll play a ton of close games and if they they get lucky in those, then sure they can go 5 and 2, but if not, then I don't know, then maybe it's, maybe it's under, but um I think so obviously the offense is going to be way better with well, I don't know about obviously you mentioned they're they're shifting um the style, but I'm a lot of production, everybody back. So it should be better. But I think the defense needs to get better if they want to go five and two. They were outside the top 40 in the advanced metrics last year. They play at a slow pace. So the points per game looks good. But yeah, uh, I think it needs to get better. And and you mentioned they do lose key pieces, but I, I just still think it'll get better. Just the number of starters coming back. Um, I just there's so many talented guys, especially in that linebacker core still. So I'll yeah. uh I'll think that it'll get a little bit better. Um but like you guys I just I think 4 and 3 is a little bit more likely than than 5 and 2. Um they're going to be they drew Arizona State from the uh south. That's that's not a great draw. They got unlucky there unlike Washington who drew Arizona. Yeah. Um so and then Garbers is an injury risk unfortunately. I hope he stays healthy but yeah. If he does there there might be in trouble. So yeah, I'll I'll lean under. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Ryan Newman. Oh, sorry. Uh, tier <laughs> three here. The first team we got is uh, Stanford. Their win total set at three and a half with the over being favored at minus 135. So, Trey, what do you uh, think of uh, Stanford this year? Yeah, David Shaw, man. He needs a bounce back year. They went four and eight last year. They missed a bowl game for the first time in 10 years. The ship just kind of seems to be heading in the the wrong direction after that long, sustained, great run that they've they've had. To their credit, though, they they had brutal injury luck last year. Um, but going into this year, a problem that they're going to have is, is opt-outs. They got two crucial ones, one on offense, offensive tackle Walker Little, and then one on defense was their star corner, Paulson Adebo. Both 
kind of heading to the NFL. So that's that's tough blows. Their offense, it looks like you know it'll be Davis Mills. He's a fine option at quarterback. They return for their top five uh, receiving targets, including Michael Wilson. With that, they did have that banged up offensive line this year. But even so, they they averaged less than four yards per carry, which is just not what you're accustomed to hearing with the Stanford team. So I'm I'm really not sure and how great that the run game can it can be this year. I don't know how much they'll they'll improve. We'll see. They're going to need that offensive line to really jump back to what it what it has been. From be healthier. Yeah, and then the defense. Again, it's a thing that used to be their calling card. I'm just I'm not overly optimistic. They they allowed over over 400 yards a game, 30 points. We I mentioned Debo out, but they had three defensive players transfer out as well. So it was just it's a rough offseason for for Stanford. Um not that the top few tacklers are gone. I'm just not seeing enough positives to be comfortable going over with the Cardinals. So I'm going to lean under. Yeah, I I'm with you. I mean, I know you said with the injuries last year, it seemed like everything went wrong. So it wouldn't shock me if if they you know were much improved. I think you know I think they'll be improved, but picking them to get a winning record is is just is is tough this year. I'm going to take the plus money. They just like they had 15 players or something transfer out, grad transfer out of the program, which is just not a good sign. Um, you mentioned the opt outs too. There and their leading tackler retired. It's just. So many things have gone wrong for them this this offseason. So I like Davis Mills and a deep receiving core, but other than that, too many questions. I'm going to go over on on Stanford. I do think they have. I'll try to make a point of painting yeah. a rosier picture like here it. about Stanford. Like they, you guys say they don't have Walker Little. They didn't have Walker Little all of last year either. So let's not pretend like he was you know playing the whole year. He got hurt in the first game, so he was out the whole time. So I don't consider that really a loss when you didn't have him the whole year. So when you look at the other five guys, all other five guys on that team are going to have starting experience led by Foster Cyril, who's a big time player himself at the other tackle position. So I think that, that, that group will take a, a, a big job. And I didn't like Cameron Scarlett. Honestly, I didn't as a running back, wasn't a fan of him personally. So I don't think that losing him is a bad thing at all. Um, and I do like Davis Mills. And I think he's pretty good. So Davis Mills improved offensive line. I like Michael Wilson, the receiving core. I think the running back game will be better. I think this, this offense will be, significantly better than they showed last year uh they get colorado from the south which is a nice is a nice bonus Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think they actually come to stanford if i'm not mistaken anyway they've got a really easy home slate game exactly so i think they can win some of those games that are you know on the farm that are pretty easy um and like they had obviously had a crushing amount of injuries but i still think that defense i they were bad last year i don't see how they're going to be like way worse this year Okay, so I think the offense is going to improve more than that defense might regress. Um, and they'll get a little bit better injury luck, turnover luck, and luck just in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I just don't think it's, it's tough for a team like Stanford. I don't know. I just don't see them staying down two years in a row. I think they can bounce back. So I mean, I'm not yeah, saying they're, they're going to go win the conference or anything, but I can see them with their easy schedule getting four wins. Yeah. The recruiting continues to be good. The, yeah. You look at the team talent composite there. They got I think they're around 20th. They're, they're, they're a talented team, so could happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to our fourth tier in the Pac-12 North. We've got the Washington State Cougars. Their over-under is set at two, with the over being favored at minus 150. Michael, lead us off. All right. Well, new head coach coming in, Nick Rolovich, to replace Mike Leach. And he did a great job uh, running the run and shoot at, at Hawaii, so I like the hire. 
And he's got the pieces to run his offense here. The O-line is solid. Receiving core was really deep under Mike. Very deep. So they lose their arguably their top four receivers, but still have a pretty good group coming they back. They have like three guys that had like 500 yards last year still. Uh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, they, they spread the ball so much under Leach that they're, they're still well set up at receiver. Max Borgie is pretty much a wide receiver in himself at, at running great. back. Yeah. He's one of the best weapons in in the country, really. And uh, losing Anthony Gordon at quarterback is is obviously going to hurt. He set records last year. Was arguably even had a better year than Gardner Minshew, at least volume wise. Uh, yeah, the year before. Uh, so, but there's three potentially good options at quarterback. You got the sophomore Cameron Cooper was highly recruited. Same with the redshirt freshman Gunnar Cruz, and true then freshman. their top. Re- What's that? The true freshman. The true freshman. Yeah, their top recruit Jaden Delora, who ran uh, the run and shoot in high school in Honolulu. So he's uh, a potential. We don't know who the starter is going to be yet as we're, as we're speaking. Uh, but yeah, some, some solid options defensively. They were one of the worst in the power five last year. Just yeah. terrible. They've fallen off from the, the Alex Grinch days, but seven starters back. So hopefully they'll be better. I'm going to bet on Rolovich and, and bet on them to, to go over. I think they have a good chance in that seventh game. Cause I think the, the bottom of that Pac-12 South is is pretty weak, so yeah, give me an over. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under here. I'll take the plus money uh, on this. I I could see this going sideways uh, on the Cougs. Um, when you look at their schedule, they might only be favored in one game this year. Um, obviously, they get uh, playing SC from the South at SC is a very tough draw. That's not it's not going to be an easy game for them, you know. And uh, Michael, you've kind of attested to these first year coaches coming in in a wrong time. You know, this is not the best year to bring in new systems. Um, and especially when they're going up against every team that they're going to be playing, they're not going to be in first year systems systems. So new coaches that are already established, I don't consider uh, Jimmy Lake a new a new coach. They're keeping this, the old same same defense and stuff. So but the defense, like you said, really, really struggled back last year. Coog's defense. You know, they had a decent stretch with uh, Alex Grinch, but that's not something that I really expect to be very good. Um, I do. I think Jake Dickert, he's coming in the, for the new defensive coordinator, which I do like him. He came in from Wyoming. I, I mm-hmm. do think he'll be good maybe in the long run. But again, first year, it's going to be tough. So I just think that he, Rolovich kind of has his work cut out for him. I mean, I, I, I think the over is obviously probably a little more likely on this as the odds really suggest. Uh, but I don't think it's that wide of a gap. So I'll take that plus money under. Ryan loves his plus money. I like I it. Uh, I'm a Rolovich fan, and his system, I think, should fit right in in Pullman, like, and especially, and so well as his personality. And I, I hear your point, Ryan, on the first year coaches, um, but his his system is kind of similar in in to fitting into what Leach was running. You know, there's just slight variances, but it's not not too bad of a, a system to walk into as a, a first year. Um, I'm not so I'm not concerned about that offense. I think they shouldn't take too much of a hiccup. But yeah, you guys touched on the defense shouldn't be a definitely won't be a strength. They won't be confused with that. But I think they can can do enough this year to muster the the over. Yep. All right. Uh, still on tier four here. Our final team is Oregon State. Their over under is one and a half. The over is a massive favorite at minus two twenty. So what do you think, Ryan? Uh, yes, I, I will take the over here on Oregon state. I mean, it's the massive, massive favorite. I think they can get two wins. Um, but the main reason why for me, I, I just, I, I'm high on Jonathan Smith. I think he's a good coach. I think he's done a, a great job there in Corvallis. Um, you know, if they just had like one better bounce last year, 
they would have made a bowl game. You know, they would have been six and six right into a bowl game. People would have been talking about him and being like, oh, wow, what an amazing turnaround. They made a bowl game in, in Corvallis when nobody really expected it. So he's good in my eyes. And, you know, the, the concern obviously for them is the amount of production that they lose on offense. Like Jake Luton's gone. Isaiah Hodgins is gone. I think they only have like three starters returning uh, on that offensive side. So that that's, uh, that's a concern. And the, the offense was good last year. I mean, and yeah, it, it was very good. And the amount of turnovers they had, they led the country in fewest turnovers in the in the nation. So that's, you know, a big concern. Um, Tristan Jebbia seems to be the guy that would probably uh, take over for, for Jake Luton. I'm not the highest on him in the world, uh, former Nebraska transfer, but I do trust Jonathan Smith. I think he'll get the most out of him. And it is Jebbia's third year there in Corvallis. So he's, he's had some time in the system. Jamar Jefferson came, is go for it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He came in and played against Oregon last year and played reasonably. Yeah, well exactly. We've seen defense. him play a little bit last year and he did all right. So, um, Jamar Jefferson's back at running back. He kind of battled some injuries last year after being really good as a freshman. So I think they get him healthy. He'll come back have a bounce back year um freshman the the all line excuse me just a couple starters but they do have they bring in a transfer senior transfer from arizona he'll probably start right away at center so that kind of helps offset a little bit of the losses there the defense we've kind of tucked on it amokar rashid man it just starts and ends with him he is he is just awesome he led the team led the nation with like 22 and a half sacks i think or 22 and a half tackles for loss he just he is a dynamic player kind of that outside linebacker rush end position they obviously were terrible still on that side of the ball <laughs> yeah uh but they have a lot of production coming back a ton of starters come back so i think we'll see an improved defense uh in, in corvallis overall i just think that this team is i trust jonathan smith with the offense despite the losses defense will get better some playmakers there so i think i'm gonna trust them to get two wins i'm gonna make the beavers my uh my lock of the uh, pac-12 all right, I'm bought in on Jonathan Smith as well. Um, they've they've just improved so much. You you talked you talked about, and there's still work to do, but it's it's encouraging up to this point. If you're a Beaver fan, Hamika Rashid, I mentioned it earlier, one of my favorite players. He he's so awesome, and hopefully that that with him on that unit, it can kind of make some of the defense at least a little bit better and improve around him. Ryan, you touched on losing uh, Hodgins at receiver. That sucks. But but Champ Flemings, he'll have an expanded role. They they got two transfers that I think could step up to. A Florida State transfer, Treshawn Harrison, and a transfer from Washington, Trey Lowe, to help uh, to help them out there. And then if if Jebbia just steps up a little bit, this team could be a pest and knock off a couple, uh, couple of teams. So I'm going to take the over as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. Remember... I know where the the defense is is still likely bad, but compared to a couple years ago, remember they were like one of the worst power five defenses in college football history. Like it was so so awful. So they've they're taking baby steps. So that's you know hopefully yeah. you can ask for they got Rashid yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, over. Uh, but let's review here our Pac-12 North tiers. So on the first tier, we had Oregon followed by Washington. Second tier, we've got Cal. Third tier, Stanford. And then the final tier, uh, we've got Washington State and Oregon State. So what do you guys think about these? Do you think, you know, what are the the viewers and listeners thinking? Is there something that they could be disagreeing with? If they if they do, then they're wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a clear one that some people might disagree with. I think Washington uh, could be put on that second tier with Cal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They, some people would would flip, maybe not put Cal in the top tier, but at least have them on par or slightly better than Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I I trust all the talent that's up there in Seattle. That, I, yeah, I think, I think we're we all. Are, yeah, I'd, and I I think it's hard also not to be influenced by uh, the point spread in that first game. I know we're not as we record this it's you know there hasn't been a lot of betting action on it but washington's favored six on the road at cal so that yeah. kind of influenced me in thinking about these tiers it means u-dubs about nine points better so uh, yeah according to the betting market at least yeah um okay let's uh move on to the pac-12 south with my usc trojans fight on uh, yeah, yeah. USC is leading us off. Of course, their over under is set at five and a half, with the under being slightly favored at minus twenty one twenty five. Ryan, what do you think of Michael's Trojans? I like the Trojans. Uh, I am. I'm. They got a lot of good th- good pieces coming back, and of course, it all starts with uh, sophomore quarterback Keaton Slovis. I mean, he was a stud last year. He threw thirty touchdown passes as a true freshman. So, just phenomenal. Uh, just phenomenal player and. Ton to work with. Uh, top two uh, running backs come back. Malapai and uh, Malapai, excuse me. Malapai, yeah. I am. Malapai, well, I got it both wrong. Uh, and Stephen Carr. I mean, those guys are solid, proven, good, pretty good running backs. Yeah, we got, and, we got a stable of backs. Yeah, the running backs are not a problem. Uh, and wide receiver is also not a problem. <laughs> Even without Michael Pittman, they are awesome. Um, they're one of the best. They got Amonra St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn, Drake London. Three, not one of the best receiving groups in the country. Um, and even some talented guys behind them that are kind of just waiting in the wings. So they're, they got depth, they got talent. They're good. Obviously the question mark as it has been for a little while for SC is their old line. Um, there's some, there's definitely some questions, but thank God for you, Michael, Elijah Vera Tucker decided to come back. He'll probably play left tackle and anchor that line as best he can. Brett Nealon's back at center, Jalen McKenzie, another returning starter. So there's some pieces there. I think the group will be, I'm not, I don't think this group will be great, but I think they'll be probably improved a touch from last year, which, you know, with a, a great offense that they had, um, it's debatable. I hear Michael's kind of shaking his head. He's, I, we'll see. He's, we'll see. He's a little, they, they, we, we kick out a couple guards to tackle. So it just kind of depends on how they, yeah, McKenzie, uh, yeah, how they translate. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it seems like every year it's the same. It's like, eh, it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll, it's not going to be great, but I don't think it's going to be that bad either. You got some, there's still some talent, some people, nice team mm-hmm. talent to work with. But defense, of course, the big news is Jay Tufele. Um, he decides to opt out, which hurts. He's one of the, or one of the best defenders in the Pac-12. Um, very good D lineman, USC's best lineman. But, you know, I still think this group can be better than last year. They bring in a new uh, defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Which you know, I'm not exactly super high on Orlando, but I mean Pendergrass, like, dude, I like him better than Pendergrass. That's <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, he had I, to go, man. He had to go. Upgrade. So, you know, but they still have a ton of other returning starters besides Tufele, um, all Ameri- freshman All American Drake Jackson. I think he's going to take a huge step as a sophomore. He's going to be a playmaker off the edge, making plays. So, I just I trust USC to get a little bit better on that side of the ball, and I think their offense is going to be huge. Uh, so, and I love the safety. I love the safety tandem that that USC has. Hufanga and Polamau are studs back there. So, getting U Dub at home in the crossover game is nice. Um, and then they get ASU here in the first game in in Los Angeles. That's a there's a very very important game. It'll tell us a lot. But I'm going to take the over here on USC. I think they can get to six. Uh, maybe go maybe get six and one. Yeah, I think that was a 
a good breakdown. Uh, obviously, there's no no real major worries on the offense. That that side should be really good as Just long. Stay as, healthy up front, ex- exactly. And as long as Keaton Slovis stays healthy, he's he's an injury yeah, risk as well. So, um, yeah, as long as Slovis is healthy, it should be pretty good. He's got to cut down on the the freshman mistakes he made with the interceptions a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that you would expect that in year two. The defense, you say, okay, should hopefully get a little bit better. Like, I hope it gets a lot better. I, I don't know if it will, but insane amount of production coming back. They had yeah. injuries last year. It was our worst defense uh, in SP Plus since 2000. So it had just really fallen off despite being very talented. You know, of course, there's a lot of four and five stars there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it'll it'll get better. I like the secondary. You brought up the safeties. Got a really deep and talented group of corners. Front seven is, is I guess, just overall the question mark, especially linebacker really struggled last year. We're going to need uh, EA Naota Ote, former five-star, to to step up. He had some tackling issues last year. So um, defending the run could be a problem again. It was a big problem last year. Just kind of remains to be seen. But the scheme change and, and getting a real defensive coordinator that I believe in is uh, gives me a little bit of hope. So I think this is a fair line against a pretty easy schedule, drawing uh, – Washington State in the north five and two is probably slightly more likely than six and one but with a little bit less juice I'm gonna go over I'll I'll be bullish on my Trojans yeah it's a sweep for all of us Uh, I'm going over as well Uh, you guys touch on the offensive line because you watched last year and Keaton Slovis he was either throwing a touchdown or he was on his back getting picked up from from getting sacked so if if they can have a little bit more of a cohesive unit up front I don't see any reason why that offense couldn't be the same or even better than than last year. Um, the D- Michael, you touched on how much returning production they're they're bringing back on that side. I think there's like eleven or twelve of the top thirteen tacklers, something like that. Um, that new four two five system, I think it no issue there. And then there's that Drake Jackson, like he he's going to kind of play that DN outside linebacker role, and he could be. As a sophomore, he could take a big leap. So I overall, I just see that unit improving. And with that favorable schedule, I'll say six and ones likely. Okay. All right. Moving on to uh, tier two here. All right. So USC was kind of their tier of their own. Uh, now the second tier first team we got is uh, Arizona State. Their win total set at four and a half with the over favored at minus 125. What do you think of uh, ASU this year, Mike? Well, Herm is, has been doing a, a good job despite kind of getting made fun of by pretty much everyone when, when he yeah. was hired. Um, Jaden Daniels, very promising freshman year. Still, the offense wasn't very good, though. Uh, wasn't really that Couldn't run the ball. efficient. Yeah, offensive line had some issues. And there's some concerns, again, uh, around Jaden Daniels this year. Losing running back Eno Benjamin is huge. Losing Brandon Ayuk at receiver is is just massive. He was... The Two years in a row where they lose like a like big time receiver, so that's hard yeah, to keep it's up. True, they lost Nikhil Harry the year before, and Brandon Ayuk broke out. They're losing Brandon Ayuk, and probably Frank Darby this year will yeah. have a massive year. So maybe it's you know they 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 will have a, a guy to replace him. But the rest of the receiving core, a lot of unproven guys. It's going to be a lot of true freshmen. Honestly, I mean, very highly recruited four star yeah. true freshmen, but still freshmen in an off season that. You know, you didn't get a lot of practice. Same thing at running back. It's they might have two true freshman running backs at the top of the depth chart. Um, I mentioned the O line needs to be better. They lose four of their top seven offensive linemen. They do add a couple grad transfers from A and M and Stanford. So we'll see. I think the way that offensive line gels will be huge in determining whether Jane Daniels can really take a step forward. 
Uh, defensively, they bring a good amount back from what was an above average defense last year. The back seven in particular is really good. Uh, the secondary, led by Ashari Crosswell, is is loaded. I think maybe only behind uh, Oregon and Washington in terms of the Pac-12. But they are switching the defense from 3-3-5 to 4-3 under Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce, which yeah, is kind of crazy. So I don't know how I feel about that. It, it, it definitely brings up potential depth concerns on, on the defensive line going to, to four down linemen. Um, so overall, I, I, I guess I have my concerns about the skill talent surrounding uh, Jane Daniels. Not their talent, but just their youth. So I will uh, lean under here. I'm and, going on and, and just two, sorry, two new coordinators, both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I'm going under as well. I mean, we touched on in the beginning of this podcast, how a lot of people love Jane Daniels. I, I like him too, but he didn't always light it up last year. I mean, he needs to kind of take that, that next step up. A, a lot of people are just going to remember that, that Oregon game that they had. And that was great, but that was kind of an outlier considering can compared to the rest of their season. And Michael, you touched on all the, the talent they need to replace basically at all three levels, offensive line receivers and backfield. It's, uh, it's going to be going to be tough. Um, so uh, Daniels is going to have to take a, a giant leap for me to really start to buy into that offense, in my opinion, just because of the losses outside. But I am, even though the switch to the, the new style on defense is a little concerning. I do like, like I like their linebacking core, that tandem Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler, probably as good as of a tandem as there is in, in the conference. Uh, if the secondary can improve just a little bit, the, the whole defense I think can be, can be very solid, but I just, uh, this team was four and five last year in conference. They lost to teams like UCLA, Colorado, Oregon state. I'm, I'm just going to go under this year on Herm squad. Okay. I hear you guys. I hear it. I'm going to go over here though. Uh, on the sun devils, you guys kind of already mentioned how the offense wasn't very good last year. So, I don't really think that they're going to get worse. I mean, they couldn't run the ball even with, you know, Benjamin. Um, mm-hmm. So I think bringing in a new offensive coordinator to maybe shake things up, hopefully I'm hoping Zach Hill, uh, the OC from Boise can come in and make a Rhett Lashley type of impact. Like he's Lashley's had over at the U just give him a little a spark. Cause I like Jaden Daniels, man. I know he wasn't amazing, but he only threw two picks and he threw 17 touchdown patches. He was good. And he came up with, he always had, he was clutch, man. Whenever they needed something at the end, he was, he was a, clutch player so he did have that i like him i think he's pretty good i know they lose Ayuk, but they lost Nikhil harry the year before they still have frank darby there's still some people to work with there um herm has been recruiting well it's not like they're going to be short on some talent they're replacing some of these guys that they're losing with talented players so um i think the offense will be a little bit better this year and i do like the, the transfers they're bringing in from texas a&m and stanford on the line i think that'll help um and the defense, I like the defense. I think they're really, really good. Um, it does concern me. Marvin Lewis is going to be kind of leading it. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> how that'll go, uh, but well, I hey, still it like. Concerned me that Herm Edwards was leading Arizona State. Yeah, exactly. Ago. Like, so there you go. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I with with um, Daniels leading the way, I just think that they're going to with the way he protects the ball. I think they're going to be doing well in the turnover battle again. Like I think they're going to do well in that turnover margin. I don't think last year where they were plus 14, I don't think that was like a fluke. I think they're going to continue. Maybe might not be plus 14 again, but I think they'll lead the way in that. So I like this group. I think they can get to five. Um, so I'm going to take, I'll take the sun devils over. Okay. Uh, we've got, so tier one was USC of course. And in tier two, we got Arizona state and the other team with uh, a chance to take down the Trojans again, last year, they, uh, 
at least won the division. Uh, it's Utah. Utah, their over-under is set at four and a half, and the under is a favorite at minus 130. What do you think, Trey? I'm going to go under, and I'm going to make under my lock. Ooh. It's wow. probably probably not maybe the wisest decision to to lock an under against Kyle Whittingham, who has just been insanely remarkable at Utah. But I just see way too much turnover here. Um, they have to pretty much completely rebuild the defense that was so good and helped carry them last year, spent the last couple of years. They lose nine of the top eleven tacklers. They got to replace guys like Bradley and I. That that D line was a strength of theirs and. There's just a lot of question marks this year. Um, they might struggle against the pass. They have five new starters. Um, not ideal when you kind of count on having a great pass rush to help them out. That might not be the case this year. Clark Phillips is a, a good freshman defensive back to keep an eye on, so, um, see if he steps up. I'm going to let you guys kind of touch more on the offense, but there's more hope on that side. It's not as bleak there. Uh, there's a, a good amount of production that returns, especially on the offensive line. Um, but it's still not going to be an easy test. They got to replace Tyler Huntley. Zach Moss was a beast at yep. running back. Um, there is a, a three-way quarterback battle right now. Um, mainly actually might be more even two-way rising and the South Carolina transfer. Well, he rising was from Texas and then South Carolina transfer Jake Bentley, who we all pretty much assume he might, get the, the nod to start. Um, he's good. Bentley was, is, but he's was inconsistent at South Carolina. Yep. So I just don't know if the offense can offset the mass losses on defense. That's why I'm going under. I agree. I, I, I'm going under here uh, on Utah. Obviously the last two games didn't go uh, the way they wanted to last year. Uh, they got whooped up pretty good in their last one, but um, it was an awesome year though. And it's all like eight, eight and one in the pac 12, but like you said, that defense is just getting gutted. Uh, just a couple of stars back, and they're going to be relying on a lot of freshmen, uh, even up front in that D line, to to play some major snaps. So that's a concern. Freshmen in the secondary as well. Uh, that's tough. Uh, Utah does a good job of developing, um, but freshmen is it's it's a tough one. Um, the offense, the offense, I'd actually it should be pretty solid. I mean, I know they lose some key pieces like Huntley and Zach Moss, which is no doubt a loss. But they get Britton Covey back at wide receiver. Um, he was a kind of little slot receiver and also good good punt returner. Brian Thompson's another good piece at wide receiver. And they have one of the best tight ends in the country in Brant Keithy. He's a, he's a stud out there. So good, solid O-line. Bentley, I think, will win. Concerns me a little bit, like you said, because he was inconsistent and he was throwing through a lot of interceptions, which is something that Huntley wouldn't do at all. So I think their turnover margin might get a little hurt. And uh, mm-hmm. I just don't trust... A new grad, a transfer like that to come in and and be as stable as as uh, Huntley was. So despite there's some talent on that offense, the defense is just losing too much. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, the under here. I don't see them going five and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be Utah's youngest team since Kyle Whittingham took or not took over since he joined the staff in 1994. So Whoa. it is uh, it's new territory here. And echo all your guys' sentiments. Um, Morgan Scally has uh, obviously had some a really bad story in the in the off season. Uh, on the field, though, he's been a really great defensive coordinator. He's going to be put to the test this year with with all the youth he has. I do think the D line will still be good. They rotated so much last year that I actually their top don't group really... should be pretty solid. But yeah, depth yeah, maybe is an issue. Yeah, depth has has been hurt obviously by the three guys going to the NFL. But 
Um, but the rest of that defense and the secondary in particular, like it's just it's just question marks everywhere. So maybe Morgan Scally will prove us wrong. And there is an easy schedule, so I think that's why the the over under is as high as it it is. They draw Oregon State from the north, but yeah, too much turnover for me to go over. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our third tier, and they're on a tier by themselves. The UCLA Bruins, they're over under set at three and a half with the under being the big favorite. Ryan, which way are you leaning? I think you already know. Um, going under, going under, yeah, uh, on UCLA. Not high on them this year. Uh, and in contrast, last year it was kind of high. In there that I made I made their over my lock last year. Oopsie. Oopsie. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. Well, they, had a, they went over in their non-conference, 0 and 3. They had some some toughies. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I thought last year was gonna be the chip's probably best year. Maybe it will be. Um it just <laughs> you know, I did I, they have so much production gone. Um last year they had a ton coming back and they stunk. This year they lose a ton, especially from that defense, which is arguably the worst. In the, in the conference, they were super bad. Uh, Osa Digazua is about the only guy that I'm confident in on that defense. He's a solid defensive lineman. He's not amazing, but he's solid. Uh, but he, he that DDC needs a lot more help. Chip Kelly, for whatever reason, kept the same defensive coordinator, um, even though they really probably should have made a switch. Uh, the offense, which is supposed to be Kelly's calling card, they weren't very good last year. They were 80th in scoring last year, 65th in yards per game. So Where's the high flying, fast snapping attack? That's just not there. Um, not good enough. Uh, and this is kind of it for Dorian Thompson Robinson. He needs to take another step. He did take a step from his freshman to sophomore year, but he's this, he's been inconsistent and not that great. And he needs to make a leap if they're gonna make a big jump. Problem is yeah. the offensive line. That's gonna be a young a young young group. They're gonna have three sophomores and a freshman expected to be on the starting group. So that is uh that's not good when you only have one upperclassman on your, your old line. One positive is Demetric Felton. He is a uh, kind of, he does it all. He, you know, he's a receiver, but he kind of gets a lot of rushes and all purpose guy. He's a good player. Kyle Phillips is another solid player, wide receiver overall though, man, this team, this team, I just, I don't think they're going to be better than last year. I think they're going to be worse. And they were four and eight last year. So their crossover game is at Oregon. Uh, that's just a, Oof. So expecting this team to go have a winning record, I think it's very far-fetched. So I've definitely got to uh, take the under here. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, when Chip Kelly took over a couple years ago, it was, of course, at a time when USC was really struggling. Yeah, I thought UCLA had a chance to take chance. over LA. Like I, I thought Chip Kelly was going to be really aggressive on the recruiting trail uh, yeah. with that opportunity that he had with, with USC kind of down for at least one year. Um but it obviously has not happened. I'm thankful as a USC fan, but man, it's just gone terribly for him. And I think you you pointed out the key, DTR. He he needs yeah. to be consistent. He needs to take that step forward. He's getting a, a lot of good buzz here in the preseason, but we'll see if it, it plays out on the field. He loses his uh, backfield partner, Joshua Kelly. I think that's a, a yeah. pretty big loss at running back. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I just I don't see them having a winning record. I, I need to at this point now. I need to see it before I believe it from Chip Kelly. Yep, agreed. Uh, as of now, I'm I'm also going under. They'd they'd be underdogs in four of their six games, most likely. I mean, it, I guess if I was a UCLA fan, I might hang my hat on they've they've had a youth movement the last couple of years, and he's really relied on playing the underclassmen. So you're hoping that they develop and pan out and 
and form into and probably they only have like something. a few starters on defense coming back. So, well, yeah, the, yeah, no, the defense, yeah, the defense. <laughs> I mean, they did is, play a lot of freshmen and sophomores on the yeah. defense, but yeah, they yeah. have. So if if they yeah. can if they can overnight kind of take a little bit of a step, then that's what I'd be hanging my hat on if I wanted yeah. the glass half full for the Bruins. Um, but they finished 11th out of 12 in the conference and scoring defense each of the last three years. Oof. So I don't even know how much it could improve. So even if it got to seventh or eighth, I don't know if it can propel them to get over here and have it, have that winning record. There's just like you guys, there's just too many concerns for me to go over. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, Let's move on to, uh, what is this, our last tier, tier four. Uh, and our first team we got is uh, Arizona Wildcats. Their win total set at one. It's never good. Um, <laughs> and the over is, at least the over's favored big time at minus 180. Yeah. So, Michael, what do you think of someone's group this year? Well, someone's another guy that I think I, I liked the hire at the time. Not as yeah. much as Chip Kelly, but seemed seemed like a reasonable hire. You thought he would recruit well yeah. at the very least. That hasn't happened. Uh, they lost their final seven games last year to go four and eight. So it's been probably a bigger disaster than even Chip Kelly has been. Uh, their defense last Close. year was 114th in SP+. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just awful. They bring in Paul Rhodes from UCLA to, to try to fix it. Uh, I don't think he will. They, they lose their best cover corner, Jace Whitaker. They lost their top safety, Scotty Young, to transfer. They lost their top two linebackers, Colin Schooler and Tony Fields, to transfer. Like, just, it's a disaster. Like, that defense is still going to be very, very bad. Hard to be worse, but I don't know how much better they'll be. So the offense is going to need to carry them. And I think it's capable of winning them uh, a couple games. Grant Gannell is, is kind of the hope as a true freshman last year, albeit a limited sample, but he was 65% completions, nine touchdowns, one interception and he gets his top three receivers back all the offensive line with everybody back healthy this year. They've got a, yeah. a good group of running backs. Like I, I think the offense has a chance to be pretty good if, if Grant Gannell is the real deal. So I'm going to believe in that. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say they get two wins and I'm going to make that my lock. Mm. Ah, bearing just down just in the offense bearing down. Yep. I I'm going over too, just cause I don't think they will go winless. Um, like you though, Michael, it's it just mystifies me how someone hasn't had really any success there. I thought he was a home run hire for for U of A, but I like Gannell. I'm believing in him. The line last year had to deal with a lot of reshuffling, different lineups due to injuries, but for the five up front return, um, I I think the offense should be just fine and and capable of knocking off a, a foe or two. But I'm not even going to address the defense because there's really nothing to address. It's going to be dreadful again i believe but i'm just having faith in that offense to go over yeah I, we're all in the same boat i'll go over on arizona too and it's only just because of the offense the defense is going to be bad yeah it was already bad and it's going <laughs> to still be bad but pack 12 there's going to be some high scoring shootouts in pack 12 man a couple turnovers here or there you never know all right seven right there they could win like 45 42 um the offense will keep them in games uh, i do like gary brightwell i think he kind of actually maybe outperformed jj taylor at running back so even though technically arizona loses like they're starting qb and uh starting running back khalil tate of course i think they're those two positions will actually be, be better this year so and i like the receiving core that they got uh joiners good so i'm i think their offense is going to do enough to uh to get to two so yeah we're all in agreement okay uh second team on tier four here so our sixth place team in the pac-12 south is colorado 
Their over-under is one and a half, and the over is minus 165. What are your thoughts, Trey? Well, it's the third coach in three years for the Buffs, and now it's Carl Durrell's turn. Uh, one of the most surprising hires of the offseason. And then they they just announced uh, the, recently that Sam Neuer will be the, the starter at quarterback, which was a little surprise, um, especially considering he entered the transfer portal and then ended up deciding to stay. And there were some other options, of course, to, to go with. But no matter and who it played, was, he played safety last year. Yeah, so that's <laughs> playing quarterback. That's the biggest reason. Um, <laughs> but no matter who it is, they're going to have to replace the productive Steven Montez. Um, and they're also not going to have LaVisca Chenault, their best offensive weapon that they had last year. They do return um, their running back, Alex Fontenot. He's pretty good. They got Katie Nixon. Uh, he's a good option at receiver. So there's still some pieces. And I think I think Neuer will be given the opportunity to shine as the O-line returns some starters. And that was somewhat of a strength last year. So I think that I'm not, it's not all doom and gloom with that, that offense. Uh, the defense last year was pretty pathetic, but if I, if I had glass half full, they do return a majority of their tacklers. Um, they got two defensive ends that can generate pressure. Terrence Lang, Mustafa Johnson, uh, Nate Landman is back at linebacker. feels like he's been there a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's had over a hundred tackles the last couple years. He's going to anchor the middle of that defense. They're not going to be great, but there's some pieces there. So they're not going to compete for the South, but they have enough pieces this year to get over the total. And I like them to, to get a couple wins. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the plus money under here on the buffs. I think it could be, could get kind of ugly here with, uh, Carl Durrell, um, in this first year, it's, it's tough. Three, like you already mentioned, right? Three coaches in three years. That's tough. That's a tall order. Some, some major pieces being lost on that offense, but I just, I don't think the defense is going to get it better. I, I think the defense, I know they have a decent amount coming back, but they just, they were horrible last year. They were not disruptive at all. Guy like Mustafa Johnson, you mentioned, nose dive from the year before. He was yeah. pretty good. He had, he had some injuries. Yeah, I know he had some injuries for sure. That he was back concern. Back. If, if he's healthy this year, that would make a, a huge case. But, uh, you know, Terrence Lang, uh, he, they had one of the lowest havoc rates in, the, in all of the country last year. They just, they didn't end their stuff rate as well. Like they did not play in the backfield at all of the offense. The offense dictated what they were going to, how they were, they were just so reactive. It's really what I'm looking for. So I don't know. I don't see a ton of production. Jay, like the Landman is not going to be any better than he was last year. He's, he is who he is to me. Um, so I don't know. I just don't see a whole lot of playmakers. I don't see difference makers. I think this offense is going to struggle with a former safety as their quarterback. Don't trust that. So yeah, I, I'll take that plus money under and think it could, the park carpet can cut and kind of rug could come out from underneath them. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a possibility. I guess like Trey, I'm, I'm going to go over, even though they will be worse than last year, but they did go three and six in the pac 12 last year. They beat UW almost beat USC. So they were, they were competitive. I, yeah, obviously they'll be worse with without Monte, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that that defense will get a little bit better with a uh, healthy Mustafa Johnson and you know a couple good pieces there. And then the seventh game is always winnable. Whoever they play, even if they win one game in the the South, they're playing whoever the worst team is in the North. So I'll lean over. True. Pack twelve South tiers. Let's go over them. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see these. Number one is USC. On the second tier, the kind of uh, other, I guess, dark horses, you might call them, Arizona State and Utah. Third tier is UCLA all by themselves. And the final tier is Arizona and Colorado. So how about how about these tiers? Any disagreements that people could have? Hmm. I don't I don't see 
it being too controversial. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I would maybe say is I don't see UCLA a whole lot better than a team like Arizona to me. I think Arizona's offense is far superior so that, you know, I think they could be kind of almost neck and neck with UCLA. I'm, I make, I'm lower on UCLA than most people, so I, I can understand this ranking, mm-hmm. but I would probably have them on the same tier. Okay. All right, let's recap our over-unders for the conference. So in the Pac-12 North, we all agreed under on Oregon, over on UW, Cal, and we made uh, Oregon State over. Uh, well, Ryan made it his lock, and we all we all agreed on it. In the South, we all went over on my Trojans, uh, under on Utah. Ryan made that. Oh, wait a sec. Oh, we've messed up on the graphic. Oh, Ryan, oh my gosh. My, oh, no. my lock was the Beavs. Let's have it noted that that was Trey, the lock on Utah. Okay. Unless Trey, of course but... they unless of course they win five games and we I can point to this graphic and say Ryan did it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The graphic is here. Yeah. <laughs> Screenshot this if you need to. Uh yeah, we all went under on UCLA over on Colorado. And uh I was I made Arizona over one win, my my lock. So <laughs> Uh, Sarah never makes mistakes. This is the first mistake she's ever made. So we're going to, no, she's not fired. We're going to let this one slide. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's get to the hot seat. It's my turn to be, uh, put on the hot seat. So do your worst guys. All right, Mike, which PAC 12 head coach is most likely to be fired? Well, it's possible that everyone survives because of this COVID offseason and revenue issues that bring about that possibility. Uh, a lot of people might say Clay Helton, and it's definitely possible, but I'm somewhat bullish on the team, and I'm just not sure they're too eager to uh, to pay his buyout, so I won't go with him. UCLA is having major revenue issues with the whole Under Armour deal, so Chip Kelly, I think, I think could be safe this year for sure. Arizona is, is what I'm going to go with, uh, Kevin Sumlin. Not exactly sure of their finances, but he just has zero fan support already right now. Very little hope for the future with recruiting not going well. They could be headed, if I'm wrong, they could just be headed for a, a zero or one win season possibly. So I think he's in the most danger. Yep, I hear, I hear you on that. I agree with that. Uh, which player will lead the conference in receiving yards? Frank Darby, I think, is kind of a dark horse at, at ASU taking over for, for Ayuk and uh, Nikhil Harry before him. Uh, maybe Renard Bell at Wazoo, depending on how quickly they're able to get that that offense humming. But to me, this came down to two USC players who were both around 1,000 yards last year, and they're both going to benefit from Michael Pittman's production uh, being gone. So it's Amon Ross St. Brown or Tyler Vaughn's. I'm kind of 50-50 between those two guys, but I'll lean with uh, St. Brown because he slightly outperformed uh, Vaughn's last year. All right. Who is an under-the-radar player that has a chance to break out this year? Well, Ryan ruined it earlier in the episode when he brought up Puka Nakua. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was my choice. As a four-star freshman last year, he started uh, three games and had 168 yards and two touchdowns before going down with, with an injury. So this year with no Aaron Fuller, no Hunter Bryant at tight end. They still have Kate Otten, who's a, who's a good tight end. But I think... Uh, Nakua has a chance to be their their lead uh, number one receiver. And because Ryan already said Puka Nakua, I'll throw in another one. Uh, at Arizona, Jamari Joyner, he's a, yeah. he had a good freshman year last year, converting from quarterback. 
he's a great deep threat. So he, he could have a, a big year if, if Grant Gannell's the real yeah, deal. I like Joyner. I like him. Uh, all right, Michael. Uh, so I got a question here about a hypothetical for USC. Okay. Would you take this? If you would you take a two and five USC season, and Keaton Slovis decides to transfer out, but oh God. It not, means, not that it means USC could get Urban Meyer for the next year. Would you take that? <laughs> we're gu- we're guaranteed to get Urban Meyer. You're going to be guaranteed to get Urban Meyer, but you have to be terrible this year, and Slovis is gone. Oh man. I think I got to take it. I think I got to take it. Like, <laughs> I think th- I know we could go. I mean, we for all I know we could go four and three this year anyway. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's that's it's COVID year. Not, you can throw it out the window. Yeah. No. If we get Urban Meyer, we're going to be back. Like he's going to recruit top two or three classes. He's a great coach. Yeah. You. I got it. We'll I would have good to, staff. Yeah. I, I would take. take I would even entertain yeah. like two wins for the next two years. If yeah. I was exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe you should ask that. Yeah. <laughs> Good question, though. Tough. All righty. Uh, let's get to our championship picks for the Pac-12. So, Ryan, you go first. Who are you taking? I am. Uh, okay, so I've kind of gone shock in my other uh, conference championship picks. So this one I'm going to try to, I mean, it's not like extreme, but a little bit not super shock. Uh, I am going to take UW from the north i like the huskies this year i like the talent that they have they have like you said their composite team talent ranking is super high i think the offense will get even a little bit better um a little renewed energy i would think and then i'm going to take usc from the south i just think they're the most complete team on that side of the ball or on that side of the the division um and against for the title i'm going to take uw i like the defense okay i trust jimmy like that secondary is going to be really 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 good so i think they can kind of give fits to keaton slovis and company match up at least a little bit with their usc's great passing attack so i'm gonna say i'm going to go underdog here i'm taking dub okay i'm uh in the south i agree with you i'm taking usc uh i'm gonna go with oregon in the north i honestly didn't even consider it wasn't really that tough of a decision for me because washington has to go at oregon and at cal so they really got you know, uh, a tough draw with the the schedule there. Cal is is definitely a dark horse with yeah. You know, of course, hosting uh, uh, Washington and Oregon, but uh, but ultimately, just Oregon's the the top dog right now. They've got all the talent. The defense will be great, and uh, I like Joe Moorhead. So I'll I'll say they beat USC in the title game. I one hundred percent agree with with Michael, and I mainly when I look at these, I it's hard to look at preseason schedules, but when I just because you don't really know what's going to happen. But Oregon and SC were given fairly favorable schedules, um, all things considered. So that's why I also went with Oregon over SC. Okay, let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Washington State replaced one wacky head coach, Mike Leach, for another in Nick Rolovich. But on the other side of the spectrum, which head coach in the Pac-12 seems the most boring this is a tough one for me it was down to two uh yeah. i'm gonna lean with david shaw he okay, just seems yeah. kind of like i don't know he doesn't show any emotion on the sideline he's not he's kind of a slow moving guy he's calm it's just i like him but he just seems kind of boring that's a good choice i thought about him for sure yeah. i'm going clay helton i i know players like him i'm sure they like david shaw too so maybe there's more yeah. personality that we don't see but 
in his public interviews, Helton just doesn't give you much. <laughs> and he's got no. that, like his face on the sideline often looks like just dumbfounded. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Carl Durrell was another one, but I agree yeah. with, with Ryan. David Shaw, it's just, he's always just buried in his play sheet, never shows much emotion. And, and even his play calling has been very conservative, which adds to the, the yeah. boring factor. Yeah, there you go. True. All right. Who has the best name of any player in the Pac-12? All right. Utah has a freshman receiver named Money Parks. <laughs> his, first name, his first name is Money. Yeah. It's pretty wild. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so I thought about uh, Nick Pickett, the safety for Oregon. That's a, a fitting name for a DB. Not a fitting name for Kenny Pickett. Well, sort of is. <laughs> for oh, yeah. Anyway, for Cody. Back in the day. Yeah, Cody yeah. Pickett. Yeah, another uh, quarterback back in the day. UW, right? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, but I'm going Amon Ross St. Brown. It just it rolls off the tongue. His brother, well, see, he's got Equinemius St. Brown. That's maybe even better. Yeah. There's a there's a third brother too, right? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. My head right I now. can't think uh, of it. Osiris. Osiris. Oh, yeah. Standard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, they, that family's good at naming their kids. <laughs> uh, all right, my turn. Uh, I'm gonna go. Well, there's, there's, there's. Pac-12 has got a long list. Seems like of, of good names. Uh, I'm. I'll go with uh, evidence. I'll go with the, the CSI guy, evidence Njoku. Uh, <laughs> just who? I mean, evidence. I, I like that name. That's sweet. Yeah, tight end for for UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Sweet name. Okay, last question of the episode. You need to make a bold prediction about the Pac-12 that you don't totally believe. Ryan, you got crap for one of these, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember which one, but keep in mind, context, we don't totally believe it. It's got to be bold. That's a good so, question. I can't remember what I said. I don't remember either, but I'm going to say in week two, my boy Grant Gannell is going to lead Arizona to a home upset of USC. I just think Grant Gannell, there's the chance. I know I, I like to take small sample sizes and, and kind of maybe overreact a little bit sometimes with quarterbacks, but he played super well. There's a chance he's really good, and USC, even though I'm relatively high on them, they are not above losing to any team on the road. That is bold. That is bold. I'm going to say the top... Oh, man. Between three or four. Whatever. I'll just go for it. The top four teams in the... The top four teams in the North will beat the top four teams in the South championship week. Oh. Oh. Interesting. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see that championship week with Big Ten and, you know, the Pac-12, Pac-12 like that. that. It's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. I like that. Uh, mine, I don't totally believe at all. <laughs> the Pac-12 will make the playoff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's uh, end of the question. We'll finish. Let's have a little brief discussion about that because. Yeah. I asked whether a one-loss team would uh, would make the the playoff earlier, and and we, I mean, there's a chance, obviously, but we we thought it was well under fifty percent undefeated Pac-12 team, though. Oh yeah, I think right. it's very likely. It would have to be. I mean, there's there's certainly well, scenarios where the other I mean, conferences are all Oklahoma State. Or, if the Oklahoma State goes unbeaten, yeah, or even a one-loss like Iowa State. Well, maybe, maybe that's not a good example. Like a one-loss Oklahoma State that only lost to OU. <laughs> They'd what about a one-loss Clemson? Well, they they would likely be in over. Well, they'd likely be in over an undefeated. They're losing to BC by eighteen right now. Yeah. Are they? As we, <laughs> oh yeah, boy. 
as we record <laughs> we can't we can't discuss this though because they're gonna it's gonna be moot <laughs> uh one i mean undefeated pack 12 champ as a very very strong chance of getting in agreed. agreed i mean just with the way the big 12 hasn't looked strong non-conference yeah. one lost big 12 team versus an undefeated pack 12 pack 12 team getting in no doubt i i yeah i would agree i would agree. i agree as well all right. Well, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Again, uh, don't forget to check out my bookie promo code CF Bros. If you're going to sign up anyway, eventually, like we say, the next the next week or so would be a, a good time to do that. Uh, also, you can support the podcast by signing up for our Patreon. If you appreciate uh, all the work we're putting in, then we'd we'd appreciate you doing that. And you're not it's, you get some extra episodes out of it. Yeah. yeah, you get extra episodes out of it. Uh, we do one episode a month extra there. And you get access to our Discord server, where that's we're the main talking. thing, man. That's, it is. I mean, we're texting every second, all day Saturdays, and even mm-hmm. the, during the week, we're all chatting. It's constant, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of a good. Talk. It's a close knit kind of small group of people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we really like that. And we guys, we got to end this episode because we got to go watch some football. Like Clemson's yeah, I know. Yeah. What the heck? I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'll come back, but it sounds entertaining. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, the game has already happened. Everyone knows what happened. Yeah. yeah no. Let's make a call. Let's make a call right now. Why not? Let's be bold. Does Clemson win? No, not without Lawrence. BC is going to hang on. They're going to win by like. I'm going to say they're going to win 42, 27. How about that? Whoa, okay. Trey. Yeah, they're going to win convincingly. Wow. No, I'm trusting Clemson. They're going to bounce back. Second half. Make Can a run. The exact score and time right now. What's what's twenty eight to ten with like a minute left in the second half. quarter. Like second quarter. Oh, they got a field goal. Twenty eight thirteen going to be uh, halftime. Okay. okay, I'm I'm saying Clemson wins. I'm going to say they they dominate the second half. There you go. <laughs> There's some predictions that already happened. All right, we will talk to you. We'll have our week ten preview very soon. Thanks See you. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast. Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.